And when we're seated and we're positioned ourselves up here, we can see it better. We don't get pulled into this. And this is where we need to be living, ladies. This is, this is an opportunity. It's, it's like, let's not miss this. Let's not take it for granted. Welcome to the Eileen Marks Podcast. With the heart to engage with women on the reality of life, the good, the bad, and the not-so-flattering, Eileen will explore all things women, discussing issues all women face with truth, reality, and rawness. Eileen will cover topics like marriage, parenting, emotions, health, and spirituality. Join Eileen and special guests as they explore the God-given influence women have in the world. I said jokingly, he was my eye candy, but I wasn't really. Actually, he was my eye candy. So, so for, for men to stand up in their position, to stand up for righteousness, to say no to tyranny, to say, no, you're not going to do this, you're not going to do that, is what we need. But women, we have a place too. And that's what I'm really here to share with you tonight, to talk about what that place is. And it is a place. And it is a position and it's been given to us as believers, as soon as we say, Jesus, I want you to come into my life, there is something that supernatural happens. And it is, um, well, it's supernatural. And this is about our first scripture we're going to talk about tonight. And I'll tell you, ladies, women, when we know our place, we know our position, we know our authority, we can raise the bar of our culture and we can see things change. We know what it looks like when a woman is outside, out of her mind, right? We know enough leaders out of their mind who are leading people the wrong way. I'm talking about a woman who's standing in her righteousness, what she does, it can change worlds. Do you believe me? Good. So our first scripture, it is going to be in Ephesians 2.4. But, you know, the enemy, I, I believe the enemy is in charge of all this mass confusion in our world today. Would you agree with that? And he has a purpose. And as far as women concerned, is he wants to bring confusion on what a woman is. And he's done a very good job. Because if a simple question in our courts cannot be answered, what is a woman? He's done a really good job blinding people. So here's, I'm here to declare as women, we are made in the image of God. Men are made in the masculine image. Women are made in the feminine image. Together, we create the full image of God. It will never change, no matter who says it's different. And there are two things that are sacred. It's our gender and our nationality. Those are things that we have nothing to do with. We come into this world as God saw fit, right? And we must protect that. These are sacred, and they must be protected. And it's our time, ladies. It's our call. The first scripture I'm talking about is in Ephesians 2, 4 through 6, and it says, But God, 
who is rich in mercy because of his great love for us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's a real place that God wants us to be at. And I have a feeling many people don't take that seriously. Many people read it, yeah, 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 that's it. But there is a place and there is a position that God has raised believers. And you know what? It's far above all powers, all principalities, all principalities, all dominion. It's seated with Jesus. And when we are seated there with him and we walk it out and we believe it, ladies, our world can change. Our world can change. We don't have to try to make it up. When we were in Iraq, the very first time that we went to Iraq, we went to a, a hotel that used to be Saddam Hussein's hotel. It was a casino. He had been long gone, but you know what? When I went to the hotel, I could feel a remnant of evil, as you can imagine. He was an evil person. So here's what I did. I had my phone, and I, from our hotel room to the elevator to the lobby, I played worship music. And you know what? The enemy doesn't like worship music. But I know as we're walking in that territory, we're changing the atmosphere. And that is not hard to do. That's so simple to do that. But that is the authority God's given us. So here's something that I really, ladies, if, if you don't leave with anything else tonight, I want you to understand your position. It's yours, it's mine, it's ours. And if we don't take it with Christ, we're missing out. We are barely living. It's like we're living on the edges of everything that God wants us to live in. And I don't want you to do that. This culture, our time needs people, women, to stand up and, and walk in their authority and walk in their power without any fear, without any regrets. You know, since ancient times, battles have been won by the person who took the higher ground. We've been given a position of a higher ground. Are, are, we, are we willing to step into that place? Are we willing to say, Lord, I, I don't even know what this means. I didn't, I didn't even understand this. All you have to do is be willing and take God's word as truth. So, um, every split second and every square inch is claimed by God and counterclaimed by Satan. That's C.S. Lewis. If we really believe every split second and every square inch is claimed by God and counterclaimed, it's going to make a difference in how we live our life. Because that means there's a battle going on. And we can go through life and just act like that's not for me, that's for somebody else to do. Or we can go, no, Lord, I want to do this. No, this is the time that you created me. I want to live my life to the fullest. So I love that 
in the book of Job, this is like one of my favorite, there is a scene in heaven and God is sitting in the throne room and Satan is allowed to come into the throne room. Have you heard this scripture before? So Satan's allowed and God says, so what are you doing, Satan? Because I'm just going to and fro on the earth looking at people. And God says, have you considered my servant Job? He's upright and blameless. God has blessed him. And Satan goes, yes, I have, but I can't touch him because you have a hedge of protection around him. I would say, I'm sorry, can you say that again? I can't touch him because you have a hedge of protection around him. That's what God does for his people. Satan acknowledged that. I don't know about you, but that makes me so excited and it fills me with confidence that I know I can live in this world. I don't have to be afraid of anybody, of any demonic spirit, any principality, because you know why? I know God has a hedge of protection around me. Wouldn't that be a great place to live your life? I'm not afraid. We shouldn't be afraid of people persecuting us or people talking bad about us or our faith. I think it's only going to get worse, actually. And are we prepared for this? Do we have thick skin? Do we know that that this is really a battle going on between good and evil, light and darkness? If we have that perspective, ladies, again, we can change our world. And that's what God wants for us right now. So, you know, in this position, we can live our lives in victory. We're not perfect. God doesn't tell us to be perfect. He tells us to be holy, for he's holy. But he knows we're not perfect. So if we understand that each one of us is living in our dash, We were born, we're in our dash, and then we're going to not be here anymore. If we can look at that and say, Lord, I don't want to have my days here not count for something. I want them to count for you. When we look at our dash, this is it. So we're, we're not in control of either one. God is. And oh my goodness, I just, I want us as women to just go, yes, I'm going to do this. Now, I, yes, I do martial arts, and I can shoot a gun, and I can do all that stuff. And, and this is what I want to do with the enemy. And I'm going to tell you kind of a funny story. My husband went and spoke at a men's event. And um, afterwards, they wanted to pray for him. And Victor heard this one particular man that was walking to him, he heard the Holy Spirit say, don't let him put his hand on you. And Victor, he didn't want to offend him. And I know that. I know that feeling. So he let him touch him. He let him put his hand on him. And then he came home, and for the next three days, my husband had the most vile, perverted, disgusting sexual thoughts. Come to find out this group of people were gays that had come out of the lifestyle. 
So Victor was tormented for three days, and and I didn't know what was happening. He finally came to me and goes, honey, I've got to tell you what's been going on in my mind. He goes, I think I'm going to lose my marriage, my ministry. I just can't handle this anymore because he was being driven. And he goes, the Lord wants you to pray for me. I said, okay. After everything I heard that he was just being tormented with, I said, okay, let's do this. Let's get down to business. So I took a little oil. He says I took a big thing of Costco oil. It wasn't. (laughs) It was a little thing of oil, but maybe it felt like it for him. And I, I just, I anointed him, and I just prayed against any, every disgusting, vile thing that was coming against him. I just prayed until I felt like it was all gone. And he felt free. But first of all, he had to be able to trust me to tell me these un- ungodly, vile thoughts, right? I'm his wife, but I understand that warfare. I understand the enemy comes, and he, he just, he's accusing us, and oh, it was so vile. So he goes, honey, make sure you check with me. Make sure you check with me to make sure they're gone. And I did. It was gone. So I just, it, it's real, ladies. We can do that. That was not a fictional thing. That really happened. My husband really got free. The whole scenario, the, the demonic, don't touch him. He touched him. And then the insults, and then the prayer and the freedom. It's real. It happens. This is real life. So fortunately, it's not all the time we have to do that, but it's life. We live in it, and we're not afraid of it. There's another story that I love this woman, J.L. Have you heard of the story of J.L.? She's my kind of gal. So she is in the book of Judges, I believe. Book of Judges, she is um, a woman. Her husband is a commander in an, in an army against the Israelites. And they're commanding armor. All their men have been slaughtered. And he's running like a coward. This man is running to get free, right? J.L. steps out of her tent. She meets him, and, and they know each other. She goes, come in here, come in here, let, just come and rest. You know, he goes, yes, okay. He goes, I'm so thirsty. So she gives him milk. And he lie down, and she put a blanket over him, and um, she knew he was the enemy. You know what she did? She drove a penteg in his temple into the ground. Can you imagine I know, good for her. She knew the enemy. I mean, we don't have to be driving pen tags into people, right, to take care of business. It would be kind of rude and weird today. But this is how I like to see that's what we're doing with the enemy. We're driving a pen tag into his lies, into his accusations, into his chaos that he's causing in our world. And when we're seated and we're positioned ourselves up here, we can see it better. We don't get pulled into this. And this is where we need to be living, ladies. This is, this is an opportunity. It's, it's like, let's not miss this. Let's not take it for granted. Amen. Thank you. So, you know, I was raised in California. Don't hold it against me. I don't live there anymore. My children are there and my family there. But there's, it's a very liberal, liberal uh, state right now. And the ideas of gun and protecting yourself was 
was not, I never had the opportunity to do that. So when I started, I was very afraid. I thought, no, I can't do this. We can't have this in the house. We have children, all that stuff. That There's a lot of truth in that. But when we as women know how to defend ourselves, when we can see ourselves taking care of ourselves and other people that need it, that's a rightful place to be in. We shouldn't be afraid. I mean, sometimes... I don't ask, I don't say, God, please let me do this. But I can see myself, if somebody needed to be taken down because they were evil, I can see myself doing that. You know why? Because I know what's behind that. And when we know what's behind what's happening, we're going to be more, hopefully, eager to take care of the evil that's driving that person. Are you guys with me? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Are there any gun carriers, concealed weapons? Good. I wish every woman, I wish every woman carried. And we have to get over the fear because when I first started shooting, the sound made me nervous and, and the anticipation of the round going off. But the more we do it, I'm telling you, you carry yourself different when you know what you would do. You carry yourself different. If you have self-defense, if you have tools in your, in your pocket, and that's what we should do, not, ah, oh, I don't want to do this. Oh, it's like, let's bring it on. You're going to do that? Let's bring it on. Yeah. This is our time. We need to be stepping up here. You with me? Yes. So um, the other time that we went into Iraq, actually the first time I told my husband, I think I need to go. And this was right off of 2014. You've heard of ISIS, right? Okay, ISIS had incredible propaganda to instill fear in all their people, but also us. You know why? They were recording everything. And we were watching it on the news. And we were going, oh my goodness, how can these people be doing this? So we get a call to go into Iraq by the Kurdish government because the Yazidi women, which is the people that they targeted, the Yazidi women are a tribal group of people. They're not Iraqis, they're not Arab, they're Yazidis. They're beautiful people. They have blonde hair, blue eyes, green eyes. They're just different. So when ISIS went through these towns, they intentionally kidnapped the young women. So these young women that we were going to go see were free. And the Kurdistan government is saying they're free, but they're taking their life because of all the horrible things that they went through. And they don't know how to help them. And somehow they figured they knew that we did. So, so we went over there, and I said, honey, I just think I need to go. And he goes, no, you're not going to go. And I just said, honey, I think I need to go. I, I really feel, and, and he started showing me all the videos, the horrible videos of what they were doing to women. And I just said, Victor, that's, that's not going to deter me. And I feel God's calling me, and this is what I know. If God has my days numbered in, in Psalm 139, in your book, they are all written. The days fashioned for me before there is one. Then God knows if I'm going to make it or not. And I just had his peace. So I went. I'm not moved by fear. And, you know, I told my mom, and for you moms and grandmothers, that is a frightful thing to hear, that your daughter's going to go, especially during this time. And I just said, Mom, I know it doesn't make sense, but I have a peace. And she's watched our life long enough to go, okay, well, 
I'm praying for you. So. You do? Wow. Oh my goodness. Well, how about that? See, there's proof. <laughs> so, ladies, again, the enemy uses the weapon of fear. He wants to paralyze us. He wants to taunt us. He wants to torment us. And fear is packaged differently. But the purpose is to keep you many times from doing what God wants you to do, what you have been created to do and called to do. And then the other time is just to keep you paralyzed. How many of you think that you kind of live in this realm of fear? Would you just raise your hand? It, it can be debilitating. And, and that's not what God has for you. Not one minute of fear. Jesus says he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him because he trusts him. That is the scripture I go to. It's in Isaiah 26, 3. When, when things just around me are so chaotic, just watching news today can get you in that sense of chaos, can it? It's just like, ah, man, I, I can't hear it anymore. I, I, didn't wanna, I don't even want to listen anymore. We do need to understand and know what's happening in our world. But too much of it, 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 can, it, it can oppress us and, and make us feel like, ah, there's nothing that I can do. So going into Iraq, I had this peace and, and I have this truth that Jesus says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. If you abide in me, and I abide in you, you will bear much fruit. For without you, without him, you can do nothing. So I physically see myself in Jesus. I actually, I'm so visual, I can picture myself as a little branch, and he's the vine. I see myself connected to him. So wherever I go, he's with me. And it allows me to just go places and do things and not have a fear. So, ladies, there's enough um, confused people in our time today. Again, I'm just, I want to say it again. We need to be people of courage. We need to be people to step out of our comfort zone to find out, God, who are you and why do you have me here at this time, right now? What do you want me to do? Because ladies, we're not always going to be here. We don't know when our day's up. We don't know when we're going to be called home, when our last breath here. And we need people, again, to go, I, I don't care. You know what, Lord, I'm going to be all in for you because my life is yours. Because everything in me, everything that I can do, Lord, it's going to burn. Nothing will stay. There's nothing good in me outside of you. So, I, I, I mean, I, ladies, I hope you're hearing my heart. I hope you're hearing the Lord and what he would have for you. I hope you can picture yourself being pos seated and positioned in Jesus 
and knowing, okay, God, I'm not living this life by myself. And because you're up there, you're above all principalities and dominions and powers, I can be up there. I can take authority. I can walk in authority, and I can bring order into chaos going around in my family, with my children, with my friends. How many marriages are falling apart today? How many families are falling apart today? What can we do as women to inject a truth and hope and pray and say, no, we don't have to do this. This is not right. This is not what God wants. We have to, we have to get out of our comfort zone. That, that's just what it is. That's just what it is. So to me, marriage is so important. We celebrate 34 years um, on the 10th. I know, thank you. It's been a long haul. It hasn't always been easy. We've been separated twice. But you know what? Our faith was not in each other. It was in God. And I know that my influence on my husband's life is so valuable. It took me a while to figure that out, but I understand that. And I know he doesn't take it lightly. I love this quote that says, I am the emotional caretaker of my husband because I care for him in the home he can care for a nation. That was Nancy Reagan. Nancy Reagan was no pushover. But she understood her position, her power of influence. Ladies, that's missing today because the, our culture, the enemy has tried to diminish who we are, our voice, our influence. And I'm telling you, get out underneath it. Get out If you are married, understand that your words are so important. This, my husband spoke for me one time and it was a a women's event and he actually wore a tuxedo then too. But he went and while he was waiting to, to go speak, he sees this man, this elderly man walking into um, a woman's bathroom. I thought, oh, that was odd. And then he went into the men's bathroom and he sees a door open, and a woman yells into the bathroom, Harold! <laughs> he's looking, and he's going, uh, I don't think anyone's in here. She yells again, Harold! And then she opens the door and marches right down into the bathroom, where she sees a set of feet underneath the thing. And she stands by the doors and said, Harold! And the man goes, ma'am, I can assure you there's no herald here. (laughs) And she just huffed and puffed and walked out and walked out the door and Victor just went, whoa, wow. And then he leaves and then he sees little old Harold leaving the women's bathroom. (laughs) But here's what I thought when I heard that. How degrading she must be to him to be yelling like that and forcing herself into a men's bathroom. Are you with me? Can you see that? So as women, we can do that. It's in us. 
and it's not pretty. I cringe when I hear that, and this, my new word is, what I feel like I'm doing it is herald. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do it, Eileen, don't do it, because it's so degrading, and you know what? It, if we start, and it, be, and it becomes a habit, obviously this was a habit for her, right? If she didn't even think about it, but ladies, key word is herald. <laughs> be Oh, I just sometimes, and sometimes it just comes so natural. We, we don't even have to think about it. So, you know, the other thing that motivates me and I find um, so much strength from is when I, when I became a Christian, I, I was brought up in the Catholic faith, but not really because there was so much chaos in my home. There wasn't, that wasn't really represented well. I was 23 when I started hearing about who Jesus was in the Bible. I started coming to Bible studies, and I started listening, and I was very much, um, I was, I did everything the world did, and I remember one morning I, I had come, and I heard enough, and there was a song that was singing, the singer was saying, don't wait till tomorrow. And I never, I mean, I used to go to church, sit in the back row, and as soon as church was over, I'd make a beeline out, and I'm out of there. I don't want to talk to people. This particular service, I sat in the front row. What was I thinking? I don't know why I did that. But I sat in the front row, and the invitation came, and I said, God, I need you. I know I don't have you. I know that if I die, I'm going to be forever without you. I was bawling. I could not stop bawling, and I just said, Jesus, I need you. And from that moment, ladies, he became my prince of peace. I never had peace. I was running on this treadmill. I was doing everything that I thought the world wanted me to do, but I didn't have peace. But here's the kicker. I didn't know I didn't have peace until he became my peace. He became my prince of peace. That changes everything. And I know he wants to be your prince of peace. I do believe that we can be believers and not have his peace. Because we're still doing our thing. We're still going our way. We're still trying to do both. Live in the world and and God, what do you want me to do? Do any of you, can any of you relate to that? Because peace is a place. And when we were in that place, when I'm in that place, guess what? I'm a pretty steady person. I'm a nicer person to be with. I'm a nicer wife. I'm a nicer mommy. I'm a nicer grandma. And all of us, I mean, we, we are in this battle. I, if, if we can really, when things are chaotic, we just say, Lord, I need your peace right now. Be my Prince of Peace. I know he will meet you there because that's what he wants for you. So, you know, the other thing with our mouth, do any of you argue with your husbands? Or, yeah, maybe once. Once or twice. Um, my husband and I have started 
using some keywords. And one thing that I tell him when he's not doing well or he's just, he's off a little bit, I say, honey, lead me better. And you know what it does? It's a big dagger in his heart. But he goes, you're right. I can do better than that. And I'm not putting him down. I'm not demanding. I'm just saying, honey, lead me better. And it's what he needs to rise up and do better. And single women, there are men in your life, whether they're brothers or friends or teachers or whoever, and when they're doing something stupid, lead me better, and guess what? You're better than that. You were made for more than that. You don't have to do that. And when we inject these truths, even, ladies, even if your husband is not where you want him to be or not where you think he should be, just by you speaking it out to him, maybe that's what he needs. He needs to know that you believe in him, that you're on his side. Because fighting like this Ah, it doesn't, it doesn't solve anything. My husband and I have learned a new way to fight, and we fight back to back. Because we've learned who the enemy was. We learned who the enemy is. And he's relentless. And he goes after us. Ladies, have you ever had, and I'm talking to you married gals, have you ever had degrading thoughts about your husband? Like he's so this, and look at him do that, and you know, so many times that's from the enemy. Designed to get you to, ooh, look at you, and, and, and get that little place of division in there. Because guess what happens when we nurse that? It doesn't get better. Before you know it, he can't do anything right. Right? It's, and it's, it's guarding our heart, and, and we are going to talk about um, our mind, and as we walk in this world, excuse me, I'm so thirsty. Hmm, that's a big picture. <laughs> as we walk in this world, we are going to be affected by it. We can't get away from it. And our mind is, well, how many would you think is the greatest place for the enemy to work? No one sees it. It's quiet. And it's tricky because it's so quiet. And here's what, the, uh, here's what God's word says. This is our second scripture. The main scripture is, so for, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 6. So, Though we walk in the flesh, we have to live in this world, we don't war, and we're talking spiritual, we don't war according to the flesh. 
for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. The weapons of our warfare, ladies, are not our mouth. It's not our fist. That's carnal. And we're all susceptible to it just because we're humans. And here's, here's the thing. You know, we can quote scripture until the cows come home. But if we are hosting all these thoughts, all these ungodly thoughts into our mind, you will continue to be in a battle that you will not win. So just knowing scripture is not enough. Do you know that? Taking every thought captive. Again, I want you to picture this. What does that mean? What do you mean we're supposed to bring every thought captive? We have between 60 to 80,000 thoughts every day. That's a lot of thoughts. Many of those thoughts are ours. Many of them is the world, what the world thinks you should be and what you have bought into. And then some of those thoughts are just pure evil. And what this is talking about is the thoughts that we are thinking that are contrary to God's thoughts and their lies, their accusations, they're ungodly, they're degrading. All these thoughts that don't line up with God's thoughts, that's what we need to capture and bring to Jesus Christ. How many of you would say that you do that on a regular basis? Raise your hand. It takes discipline to do that. So you get a thought that comes into your head. Whoa. And it's a bad thought. How many of you immediately go, nope, I'm not gonna, nope, that's not true. How many, of you, how many of you have got to that discipline to go, I recognize this thought? Have you? Okay, that's because you've been doing this a while. Good for you. Yes. But that's how we should be doing it. We should be taking these thoughts that are, first of all, I believe they turn us away from God's thoughts and, and intentions towards us. And they get us, especially women, how many thoughts do we think against each other? And here's the reality, ladies. We are, we are so much alike. We struggle with the same thing. So many of us. We don't, all, we don't have it together. None of us have it together. In Jesus, we're together. But as human beings, we don't. And I, I think if we would to take that understanding and look at other people's, I wonder if they're struggling with something right now. I wonder if they're suffering. If we can put ourselves in their shoes, then we can have grace with each other. And we can quench those thoughts that are coming in designed to separate us, because women, we're community. We need community. How many times in your life have you acted upon a thought that separated you from people you love? from your friends because you weren't able to capture this thought and it, and it ran amok in your life and it ruined relationships. I know it happens with me. I mean, it has happened. And, you know, I, I think eating good, exercising, meditating, all these things are right. But I think the other thing that is just as equally important is making sure what I put into my mind 
is right, it's righteous, it's not contrary to what God thinks, it's not contrary to God's word, because they do conform us. They do. When Victor and I were having some of our hardest times, I remember I I had two people I reached out to, my twin sister and my older sister. They loved me. They saw the chaos going on in our home, and they just said, Eileen, I think you need to divorce Victor. And I thought, I mean, I know. I mean, I know they love me. I know they don't want me to. We had three children at the time. They don't want me to suffer. But I, I'm so glad I didn't listen to their advice. I'm so glad I didn't capture it, meditate on it, and move in it. Because I wouldn't be here today with you. We wouldn't have five children. So those people that you allow to influence your mind, it is critical. And again, we have to be disciplined about it. Even those people that love you, and even as moms. Moms, sometimes I've given advice to my kids. I have no business doing that because I want them to listen to God. What is God telling you? Because you know what? I've had my children suffer in relationships, and I don't want them to. But what does God want you to do? Can you see how that can you see how that can just take a life of its own, left undone? The Bible says, be careful. Don't let a root of bitterness come in. Because bitterness says it defiles, it defiles many. And just look at that in one household. Women, I've heard, are the temperatures of the home. If the woman ain't happy in the home, Everyone else feels them. It's as a thermostat: are we hot? Not physically. Are we cold? Are we mad? Are we angry? Are we holding on to grudges? So it's capturing it. And you know what? I think the first thing we have to do is be honest with ourselves: are we nursing grudges? Are we nursing anger? Has it turned into bitterness? Has it turned into hate? Trust me, ladies, it just will not go away. It will not just evaporate and fall off of your leg and on the floor, you step on it. It infects your heart and infects your whole being. That's why it's so important. That says do not let a root of bitterness Do not nurse that because it will infect many people. So it's very sad to go through a lifetime holding on to bitterness and anger and all these things that we're susceptible. We are susceptible because we're human beings. We're susceptible because we're women, because God made us with the ability to connect, to want that connection. And if we get hurt in that process, wow, There's a lot of potential for harm in that. So you know what? If we're honest with ourselves, we can be free of this. You know, King David says, search me and know me. Try my anxieties and see if there's any wicked way in me. I'm sorry I butchered that. But he's asking the Lord, Lord, search my heart. 
Would you show me, show me what's in my heart. Show me, I don't even know what's in my heart. And you know, I recently did this exercise and the Lord showed me several people that I was holding grudges against, that I was angry with. I went, whoa, wow, Lord, I didn't even know. I wasn't even taking inventory. And I just said, Lord, I, I, I want this. I want this done. I, this, is what, what, this is what I want us to do. Are you willing to just be honest with God and just say, God, you know me. You know me better than I know myself. You know me. You know all the hairs on my head. You know me, God. Am I hiding things from you, God? Am I pretending that things are not in my heart? Do you want to know that? Would you want to know that? Okay. Yes. We want to be free. We want to be free. And ladies, here's the tragedy of things like strongholds and things that we believe and we don't get over. Just like it, my dad affected me and my siblings. When we don't let go of it, it has lasting effects. It, it really, really can affect your children. It can affect people in your life. And it doesn't have to. And I mean, forgiveness is a beautiful thing. For you, letting yourself receive forgiveness, forgiving the person who's done something to you, there's just, you know, our life is too short. Again, we don't know when we're going to be out of here. I don't want to have any I don't want to have anything in my heart that's not right before God. I don't want anyone to have anything against me. So here's what I would like to do for tonight. You know, we got to pray for several of you ladies and it was such a beautiful thing. I I, t- I told you earlier one of the my most favorite thing is to see people get free. Cuz when you're free, you, you, are, you are here on this planet and you're able to do more of what God has you to do. It's a process, you know, we, I mean, we have to continue to do this, but um, it was so sweet seeing those of you prayed for. And what I want to know is the follow-up because the follow-up is even more encouraging, the testimonies of the freedom that you have to be able to walk in who God made you to be, not listening to those lies anymore not listening to the accusations because those things are too heavy. So here's what I'd like to do. I would like to ask you to get real, real, get honest with the Lord um, for the next few minutes. And I want to ask you, are there any things, any thoughts in your mind that you know are contrary to God's thoughts? And again, we're talking anger, bitterness, jealousy, lust, any and everything. We are all immune. We're not immune. None of us are immune to it. And I just want to take this time to just say, Lord, search me. I don't want it in my heart anymore. Would you be willing to do that? And this is between you and the Lord. You don't have to share with anybody. Would you be willing to do that?
can we take a few minutes right now and just ask the Lord to search us and just stay in a place of listening to God? Are you with me? Because I'm with you. I don't stand here saying, I, I have nothing because I just share with you. God showed me, and, and I don't want it. I, I don't want that weight. I want freedom. I want to be 100% Lord. Where do you want me to go? I want to be 100% for you. So let's, can we do that? Okay. So, Lord, Lord, you know every woman here. You, you brought her out. You know her, God. You know her better than she knows herself. You know the things that she's been struggling with. You know the things that she has been um, tortured with in her mind. You know the strongholds, Lord, that are keeping her bound in this place. That's not what you have for her, God. That's not what you want for her. So, Lord, I'm going to ask right now, your Holy Spirit just shows every single one of us in this room right now, is there anything that we're harboring in our heart, Lord, that is not of you, that you don't want us to have anymore? God, would you show us that? Would you be specific so we can deal with it, Lord? We ask that you would show us right now, Jesus. Okay, so let's just, with an act of faith, let's capture it and say, Lord, I don't want this. In your mind, Lord Jesus, I, I am identifying these things in my heart that are not of you, that are not good, that's not right, it's not what you want. And Jesus, I ask that you would take these from me. I, I lift them up to you. I give them to you, Jesus. Would you take them from me, remove them from my heart? And Lord, I ask you now to forgive me for my part in this and my part in harboring this and meditating on, on nursing it and grudging it, God, and even keeping people away from me. God, please forgive me, Lord. Free me. Free me from all the effects of this, God. Every negative thing it has caused in my life, I pray you just free me from it right now, Jesus. Cleanse me, Lord. Jesus, I ask that you would pour your precious blood all over me from the crown of my head to the bottom of my feet and cleanse me and free me, God. Renew my heart, renew my mind. And Lord, I know there's probably more than just one thing. There's probably several, and that's okay, God. I just, Lord, we give you permission, Lord, to continue the work in our heart that you want to do. Lord, you don't want us. You don't want us carrying this weight. You don't want us carrying this luggage, Lord. It does, it does no purpose outside of hurting us and those that we love and your purpose for our life. So Jesus, we just, with our hands, Lord, we just, we give it to you. Lord, help us unclench our fists if it's so hard to do that. Do the work that you want, God. We want to be free women. We want to be free for you. We want to be free to make a difference in our world. 
We love you, Jesus. Continue to do the work that only you can do with your spirit, God. So ladies, in closing, the battle's real. And I've said this the third time, I'm going to say it. Each one of us is here for a purpose. It's not by mistake. And I'm talking on this planet for a purpose. There's a work to be done. If we are believers, we have the light in us. And this world needs the light. This world needs to know that God is real that there is an eternity, that there is Jesus and who Jesus is and what he's done, what he's done for us and what he wants to do for them. We have to be bold to take that step out, take a step of faith, get out of your comfort zone. Put yourself in that position. If you've been raised with Jesus, get up there. Take authority. Take your stance. Take your dominion. You take what God has given you. We have to take back what the enemy has taken. We can't sit on our hands or say someone else is going to do it. It's our call, ladies. It's our time. Let's, Let's infect the world with God's love, with God's power. Will you do that? You sure? This, you know what? I know we're not in Texas, but Texas says let's go big or go home. Let's go big. So, Lord, thank you. Seal what you've done here, God. You know us. You love us. And you have so much for us. Lord, we love you, and we need you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work Eileen is doing around the world with her husband, Victor, at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.